0: Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Dr. Sherry Nurabi. She's an organizational psychologist who's in the business of helping the CEOs, CFOs, and leadership teams of leaders uh, of small to mid-sized fast-growth companies to create engaging, productive, and innovating cultures. Uh, These leaders, they come to her when they realize that they need to better educate, empower, and engage their people because they're facing fast-growth competition Changes in their own leadership, industry, and technology. Uh, You know, all the changes that business owners face. Um, And if the strategic plan is the what, then Dr. Nuravi's services are the how. She helps these clients through coaching individuals and teams and developing a language and accountability system for new behavior. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of senior team alignment and walking the talk, actions that help engage employees towards higher performance. The title is Senior Team Cohesive. Excuse me, the title is Senior senior Team Cohesion Beyond the Strategic Plan. What do we want to be and where do we want to go? Dr. Naravi, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. The name of your company is Strategy Meets Performance, which I love that name. Tell us about yourself and a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. I early on studied psychology and journalism, and I have a background in developing corporate-wide employee communication for Fortune 500 and government organizations. And it was through this work that I had the passion for creating engaging workplaces. It was ignited through these early experiences. And I worked for many years internally in organizations as an organization development practitioner, or with other consultants, and I helped them build their leaders and their teams. And I wanted to make sure I had all of the skills and training to meet all of my clients' needs when it came to shaping an engaging culture. So I continued my training by completing a doctorate of psychology in organization development. And at the completion of the program, that is when I started my company, Strategy Meets Performance. And I'm now going into the sixth year, and I've done some great work with some amazing clients.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Uh, congratulations on, your, on the launch of your business six years ago and your success. Uh, what situations are clients in when they typically need your help?
1: Typically, they are growing very quickly. And when they are, leaders don't always remember to manage the culture, and they're being pulled in many different directions. And so uh, there's a couple different scenarios where they call me in. One, they're growing quickly through the changes, and they see low morale, inconsistent customer service, a lack of ownership by employees. Two, the senior team is just not aligned. They're saying one thing, they're doing another. Um, They are... They're having a difference of opinion once they walk out of the boardroom. And two, the company is growing, three, the company is growing so quickly that um, they know they need to scale and that they won't be able to do that until they get their arms around the culture and develop their high performers.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the low morale side of things. Why is there, uh, why are they experiencing low morale? What are some of the symptoms and and why do you think uh, they're finding themselves in that position?
1: So employees uh, experience low morale for several reasons. One, I, I believe, and this has been my experience, that people do want to do good work and can be intrinsically motivated. And when there's low morale, oftentimes there's a lack of direction on what is expected of them. Oftentimes the vision and the values and the way to be in the culture is not very clear. And... When the leaders are tolerating bad performance and um, poor leadership from others, it sets a very bad tone for the organization, and that makes them feel that doing your best work is not what's being rewarded
0: mhm so some somewhere along the line um, management has failed to continue to make it clear what the what the purpose is what the what needs to be happening and employees feel that and so they they feel a little confused about why they're there and and what what this is all about?
1: Yeah, they're confused. There's mixed messages from the top because the senior team is not aligned. There's a lack of giving positive feedback that is such an important need that we all have and I don't think it's from bad intentions. I think leaders are just moving very quickly and it's something that they forget to do and it's something that hurts the culture.
0: So in some ways, it's uh, getting senior management and leadership to return to their, to their question of why, why they're there, what the mission is, so they can continue. Because a lot of times, we were talking about this earlier on the show, actually. A lot of times, when they start their business, the why is on the front page. It's, it's in bold letters, and it's in big letters, why we're doing this, what our purpose is. And then they get into years of doing it, and it kind of slips towards the back of the, of the pages and it needs to be brought back out to the front, is that, is that, would that be a good analogy?
1: That's exactly right. People are looking for the why. They want to feel that their work makes a difference, that it's contributing to something, and it's just sometimes missing. Like you said, sometimes the company has been humming along, and it has not, the leaders have not taken the time to make that clear to employees and to show them how their work makes a difference.
0: Now, uh, a lot of our listeners are age 50 plus, and they've had employees for many years, and they're seeing a new decade or a new generation of employees coming in that has a different outlook as to why they're there. They really want to know um, what's, mar- what's our immediate purpose. You know, is this? Is this? Are we doing something worthwhile? I mean, a lot of them aren't looking for the the, the gold watch at the end of a long illustrious career. So is that a, also a confusion point for how to communicate with these different generations of workers?
1: Oh, that's a great question, Bill. So one of the things that leaders need to be aware of are the different generations in the workplace. You have the baby boomers. You have the Generation X that was born in the 80s, excuse me, in the 70s. You have the millennials that they were born in the um, late 80s and now they're in their 20s. And the um, way that each generation has been raised the w- things they 've seen in society and um in history of uh, that time period impacts what their outlook is and these uh, the millennial generation they have a different outlook they 've been raised by having a lot of feedback from their parents they 've been very close to them they 've um, become skeptical over the changes that have happened in history with the corporate corruption. And so they are looking for a company that is going to make a difference, and they want to know what is expected. And I think, and you know, during their interviews, they'll often ask, what does this company do to give back? So in a lot of ways, if we're able to shift our paradigms from how we see the different generations and what good each of them bring, it will really help build that organization because a lot of times there's a kind of judgment that happens and the, you know one generation will say the other is too needy one generation will say the other doesn't know technology that much and the reality is they can all help each other so much and that would ultimately help the company
0: and that's a big order if you have a big workforce obviously and you have a growing number of millennial employees and and they're, you know, they're they're going to band together somewhat. You don't want to have a kind of a generational warfare going on in your in your company. So you need to address this soon and and get everybody on the same page. And then uh, it could be that you create that that perfect environment that really attracts workers that want to stay longer, even though they say they don't. You know, millennials t- typically are saying, don't don't try to entice me with a pension plan uh, or a, a long term arrangement. Um, I'm just uh, I'm here for now, but I need to know that this is valuable to me and uh, I might be gone tomorrow if it's not, right?
1: And, you know, if we want to keep high-performing employees and we see that there are common trends in their expectations, how about taking a look at them and seeing, okay, so if they expect direction, if they expect um, career growth, why is that a bad thing? You know, if they expect that there's deadlines and the people should meet their deadlines, I think these are all things that are important to look at and to see how can leaders adjust to that in some ways so that they can keep these high-performing people on their teams.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, in many ways examining what they need could help that company return to a values-based proposition for their customers, for their uh, uh, employees for for everybody in the workplace, and a lot of companies have drifted from those initial values too. So it can be very helpful. So what do the CEOs, CFOs, and senior leaders you work with need to be ready to do uh, when they uh, engage your services?
1: It's very simple. It's just a few things. One is they need to be open. Two, they need to have energy and a desire to tap into their own and the company's best potential because change takes time, but when these leaders realize that it comes from them and if they walk the talk and they role model the changes they want, it will so strongly impact the rest of the organization, it goes a long way. So the one thing I tell clients before we begin our work is if you're open and you have perseverance to continue this work, it's not just a project, this is a new way of being, the new things you're going to be doing, you're going to see great success.
0: And how does an engagement start with, with you?
1: Um, typically, there's some growing pains. Like I mentioned, it could be that um, the morale is low, and the, or the senior team is not aligned, or the company's growing too quickly and they're not um, managing that change. So typically, I first start by interviewing a sample of the leaders and informal leaders to find out what's going well in this culture and what is not going so well. So it helps me see what are the trends, what are these leaders seeing. um, And then from there I come up with a customized plan where the senior leadership team could start working on those areas that um, are not helpful because it starts with them And so I work with the senior team and then one-on-one coaching with them. And then once I get all of them um, all on the same vision and wanting to support one another in all of their initiatives, then I have culture development workshops where they all are singing the same tune and it becomes very clear what the expectations are.
0: Okay, great. So there's a there's a process that starts at the top and starts with identifying the, the situation, the problem, the, the needs, and then from there um, it moves through management and then down through, if need be, to employee workshops and things like that to bring everybody together?
1: Yes, and oftentimes so many companies don't have any system for reviewing employee performance, so that is something I partner with them to create so that employees, particularly, you know, you talked about millennials, they know where they stand. They know what is expected of them, what the goals are, and how their managers will support them toward those goals. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: can you tell tell us a, a particular client example and uh, illustrate kind of what the problem was, what maybe one of the three problems was, uh, and what the – we talked about the process a little bit. What was the timeline before changes started being seen, and, and what have you heard since then?
1: Sure. So there was a company I worked with that was doing pretty well and has been around 20-plus years. And because of the ups and downs of the economy and the shifts in their senior team, they had a couple of key people leave, they realized that they were not leading the company as they should be. And it wasn't that employees were disengaged in this case, but they needed more. They, know, they knew that, okay, this is a fresh start for us that we – have changed the composition of our senior team, we can do a lot of new things now. And so I first worked with them to align the senior team. And, um, you know, first of all, we had to make sure the right people were in that room. A lot of times I see senior teams that um, three of them work together on one project, two of them work together on another project, but they're not one cohesive group leading together. And so first we created the team, and made sure the right people were in the room, I helped them build trust. I helped them understand each other's personalities. And once we were able to um, feel, once they were able to feel comfortable that um, they had each other's backs, I then helped them create a vision and values and strategy that they could drive the behaviors they wanted. So that was on the senior side. And then I was coaching them one-on-one because that's a very different dynamic to be Um, experiencing group coaching versus confidential one-on-one coaching so that they could work on their individual leadership. And then when that was complete and that took a few months, I worked with the president to develop culture workshops where we facilitated facilitated a discussion on what it meant to be a part of this company. What are the values? How do you live them? Not just internally, but with clients and partners and the community. And we became very clear on what that was. And the employees um, following that and since, and it's been several months, reported that they felt more engaged. They felt motivated from having clarity in the communication. And since then, um, I have helped the president regularly communicate the values, the wins, and the desired behaviors to staff through various communication because it has to continue. It's not just – a series of workshops, it's a new way of being, and so it's really important to reinforce it, and that's something that I've helped them do.
0: Oh, uh, I can sense that you really care about your clients and that you really get involved with them, and it's not just a, you know, a, a, some kind of an exercise that you take them through. You're looking to help them really uh, change, and that's why they, they keep you engaged. Uh, what are the challenges of changing a culture, and how can the senior team overcome them?
1: So that's a great question. Change comes with time and effort. Anything in life that's worth doing requires commitment, positive energy, and perseverance. And if it was easy, everyone would do it. But it's not. It's something that requires that commitment. And if the leaders are willing to work together and support a common vision, the results are tremendous. And so the challenges can be that um, if the leaders don't want to participate in the team building of the senior team, That's a big challenge. So that's something that I make sure I have that commitment up front before I start any work with my clients. Make sure that the right people will be in that room and that they are committed and that the senior leader, the CEO, or the president is going to hold them to it. If they don't, that's where you see challenges.
0: So getting a buy-in for the implementation is always very important, it sounds like, and making sure that – that this is something everybody's going to see this through, uh, so they they first have to acknowledge that change needs to be made? Do they have to acknowledge the problem?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. So in some cases, uh, it sounds like you can be a tremendous amount of help to an individual business situation, but do you also do speeches for business leaders?
1: Yes, I have been giving uh, keynotes and CEO um, talks to CEO peer advisory groups as well. And so I'm able to share the importance of building culture in different settings.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's,
1: it's so exciting. I mean, when uh, especially when leaders are in peer advisory groups, that means they are ready to look in the mirror. They're ready to not just have support, but to be challenged and so one of the things I love so much about my work is I'm working with really smart, talented people and just helping them get from a point that they're they're doing well, but they could be doing so much better. And so that's a great part of it.
0: It sounds like you bring a lot to the table. And um, I guess the, the one question I wanted to ask you about was your original research on the leadership of high-performing CEOs. Uh, uh, let's see. We have a, a website here, strategy meets forward slash resources forward slash blog. So if they go to your website, strategy meets is this um is there more information there that they would find about this topic and would that be a good place for them to go?
1: Yes, that's exactly where to go. Under the um resources tab, I have uh, many, many blog articles that I've written that um, include interviews with high-performing CEOs of fast-growing companies, um, CEOs that have been um, nominated for being the most admired CEOs. And uh, in addition to that, I have a lot of articles about how to build a good culture just from all of the different experiences I've had with my clients. So I think people would find it helpful to go through that and pick up some tips
0: yeah, great. it's great information, Cherry. I really appreciate it. Or should I say Dr. Naravi? Uh, but I uh, really appreciate it, and uh, you're a tremendous uh, source of information and a real delight to talk to. Uh, do our listeners, um, if they live in different areas of the, count- uh, the country other than San Diego, is it okay for them to get in touch with you and talk to you about how you might be able to help them as well?
1: Certainly, certainly. I help uh, clients in a wide range of industries and locations.
0: Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, It's a fascinating topic, and again, uh, her original research can be found on her website. Uh, Dr. Narabi, thank you so much for joining us today, and I look forward to the next time we speak, and uh, I hope our listeners will get in touch with you, whether they need uh, personal help for their companies or they are looking for an interesting and insightful speaker for their next event. So thank you again. Thanks
1: so much, Bill. Thanks so much.
0: Uh, We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this, so please stay with us just thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement the BEI network of exit planning professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com.
1: You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new 1 minute tips every day. exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute.
0: Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.